good people. It's Reg. It's Stone. And it's the Power Your Appreciation Hour. That's right. Shouts out there to all your four foot five white women. <laughs> <laughs> or women of all of all of all shapes and sizes, actually. <laughs> and I guess in, in New York it'd be Puerto Rican and black women too. No, Asians. Ga- Game of Thrones basically murked all the people of color. Yeah, so it's true though. <laughs> I still have I still have hope for uh, our eunuch. <laughs> Great worm still out there. <laughs> the eunuch is still out there doing work. <laughs> and the light bright model <laughs> slash was it Melisandre? Um, what's her name? Oh yeah, no. Nah. Is know. it Melisandre? This is, Melisandre is the, the wizard oh, woman. Oh um, yeah, something. Melissa. This, this is not a Game yeah, of Thrones it's not, it's podcast. Not, it's, not, it's a podcast. <laughs> About music, but we're gonna put that in the title and description, and you click play and exactly. press play. So and we will eventually we you. discuss something music and Game of Thrones related. But for now, we're gonna we need those clicks. I know we need those clicks. <laughs> we're gonna discuss the cultural phenomenon, the 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 festival that made a generation, the festival that's the res- responsible right now for why your college loans are so high. Why you can't afford a fucking house and why your boss will never retire so you can take over his spot. We're talking about motherfucking Woodstock. Boom. It's back, baby. It's back. 50th anniversary. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's out there with philosophy bags, rolling out in their wheelchairs into the deep upstate New York to go celebrate their sad youth where they are probably all corporate squares, but in their mind, they were rebellious. You know, hate people who smoke marijuana, pro-war, against civil rights, but in the revisionist history, they were cool hippies now. Who wanted this? Uh, nobody wanted it. Who, like, who said, like, you know what, this is fine? Yeah, no, it's, it's, and the thing is, I kind of get the 1999 version, only because at that time, you know, Rock was a surgeon. You had, it was, I won't say, it, obviously the politics have went to, had, they've been going to shit since then. At least in 1999, there was a weird rock revival, so I could definitely understand the idea of having a rock festival. Lollapalooza. That was pretty huge. So I could imagine something that kind of compared to that. Yeah. Obviously, we all know how that turned out, basically, them burning down fucking <laughs> <laughs> rapes, lack of water, pyrotechnics, arson. But in, at least in the hindsight, I can understand why that exists. It's very shocking that you've got them trying to replicate that a because the 1999 was such a failure and then b because who's really it was 1999 actually it was, it was like 1999 yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and then also i'm wondering because it's like fucking like who really like at least if it was going to be something where it was upgraded where it's going to be mostly edm if it was going to be something where it's going to be i won't say necessarily i can understand how it's not because obviously old white boomers uh rap stars but it's just a weird it's the most generic looking festival of all time i mean i i don't understand who the target market is for this because i mean you have everybody from robert plant to run the jewels, to Princess Nokia, you know, to Sturgill Simpson. Sturgill Simpson? Why? You know? Who's going to go there to go listen to Sturgill Simpson? It's just like indie rocker. It's such indie a rock weird, fan. you know. So so basically, like, this was announced. And then, you know, uh, the, I guess the investor or the lead sponsor or whatnot, like, pulled out of, like, the show. 
the money the money man or person money person uh and then the they're like <laughs> and said like this show is not gonna happen and then i guess like the founder or the whoever who's running the show has been doing the media round saying this will happen like we're gonna like make it happen uh some people like dropped out like black keys and you know it's it's may and they want to do this in august and it's looking oh so like fire festival 2.0 oh yeah absolutely and it's you know i guess they've already spent like millions of dollars on you know booking talent and i'm sure staging and things like that um but why as me as a consumer even if i was like hyped up for this like why would i as a consumer like purchase tickets to this Oh yeah, no. There's no possible way. Like I, this... I, I would only do it maybe a week out. Like if once I saw proof that it was actually because after Fire Festival and it became such a phenomenon for the worst reasons, we're, we're we're a little more a little more aware, a little more leery with our festival dollars. Yeah, we've gotten burned. We've gotten burned heavily. You know what I'm saying? Damn that Ja Rule, but Ja Rule took yeah the innocence of a festival. We could go out there and get trash drinking, you know, cheap beer and eating mushrooms and throwing up in a porta potty. He's ruined that youthful, that youthful indiscretion and made it something sad and sinister and corporate. <laughs> but it's the idea of yeah, like like I mean, like you said, what's the demographics? I feel like there's there's nobody here that really It's so it's like you have yeah. Grateful Dead basically and Chance the Rapper as headliners. Yeah, and the is, thing is I can understand Robert Plant. If if it was gonna be a truly boomer festival, and I believe there's something similar that happens, I forget the name of the festival. It was not that similar in Long Island where I know um um who played there? Pharrell ironically played in that played there. Oh but he was right. an outlier. But usually it's it's tailored towards like, yeah. hey, here's yeah. your fifty, sixty year old people. Exactly. Here's Sheik the band. Exactly. Here's like, you know, you know, it, and and that's kinda understandable. And this is just like, okay, I can't imagine the person going to go see Jay Z and, you know, Jimmy Page. Yeah. That, that it just it yeah. doesn't really yeah. or even not to be funny, going back to my boy Sturgill. Like, like I, it still demographics don't really touch, and like it's one of those generic shows where I expect to see me imagine, like Cage the Elephant. Who the fuck listens to Cage the Elephant except for the fact of that they play every fucking festival that comes out? I listened to Cage the Elephant the other day. You're just a bad person, <laughs> and you need to figure out how you live your life and reevaluate it. <laughs> no, it's something where, like I said, it's it's I don't really like Halsey. No, it's it, you know, I mean, you have cha- it's just like it's it's such a weird thing, and I mean, I again, like it's is you know, after watching the fire festival documentaries, I'm just kind of like, you should know when to give up. Yeah, like like you like just you know you know just say to yourself like you know what this is a bad idea. Let's try again next year. But maybe that's the idea. You can't. Maybe it's some shit where you have to. I don't know if there's investors out there. I don't know if he's got to. It's like you got to keep the facade going as long as possible. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, but you can't. I mean, it's it's looking bad. And like he pointed out, the most important thing is it'd be one thing if it was going to be like, I don't know, name a reunion. Like Nirvana's going to come back or some shit where it's like, all right, cool. Yeah. No matter what, we put these on sale. They're going to buy these tickets. You could rob Peter to pay Paul and take that ticket money and put it over here. Even if they go on sale now, nobody's going to be that enthused up until, you know. Or, or, or just like, you know what? Do something smaller. Yeah. You know, like don't have a massive ass three-day festival. Do do something smaller. Book some artists. Do it more of like a heritage thing where you book some artists who play at Woodstock or whatever and book some newer artists and like get like a 3,000, 4,000 person venue. Have the little thing and just like, you know, 
be done with it. Yeah. And, and I think the issue is they forget Woodstock was a thing, but it wasn't a thing. It's not like they were like, we're going to get the biggest stars ever. Yeah. Like it was still supposed to be a, like a lowbrow type of concert that blew up into a thing organically. Like, you know, when, when, um, Jesus Christ, how do I forget this from this is when like when the artists came to play, like they weren't necessarily like the biggest artists in the world, like Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix became Jimi Hendrix at yeah. Woodstock. Yeah. He wasn't Jimi Hendrix coming into Woodstock, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's the idea of where they weren't really fucking like the Beatles weren't gonna go play Woodstock. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so yeah. that's why it's a little odd that that's the angle of tackling it from where you've got to get these big, huge acts where that's almost flies in the face of Woodstock. But also too, you know, like the fact that it's become like this three day festival with a lineup that, you know, outside of say the, some of the old timers feels just like any other festival lineup. Oh yeah, absolutely. What's the point? Like, what's your branding? Like, what what is your calling card? Agreed. It's, it's, it's the same. It's the same that you're gonna see in Governor's Ball. It's. A, I guarantee you. Like a lot of these acts were in Coachella. You know, exactly. Bonnaroo. Exactly. It's just like, what's the big deal? It's just like I don't really see. There's something here. You know, Jay Z is probably the biggest person here. That may and may and may, and, and are, are the Grateful Dead like, like and like even like and these are acts that, that still tour you know so you, yeah you, exactly. you probably could have seen you know the Grateful Dead the, the current incarnation of the Grateful Dead Dead at company. MSG you know for like yeah. fucking half the price or probably a third of the price and much it'd be much more comfortable watching nah definitely yeah. so you know, uh if you bought a ticket have fun yep I'll 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 just take pictures and <laughs> 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 whatever alternate universe that should end up happening. That it actually happens. Please keep us in the loop. <laughs> uh, so, uh, speaking of like failed things, uh, uh, let's talk about this Game of Thrones. Oh, the, the cross branding. So you know the yeah. hottest, the hottest show on TV. You know what I mean, Game you know, of Thrones suddenly, like mixtape. Game of, and, and actually, the, the, the third kind of mixtape soundtrack thing they've done. <laughs> so uh, very deep, deep in many artists' career in 2014. The obviously very white marketing staff of Game of Thrones said, hey, do you know what we need? We need to have more black people watch this show. So there, in their infinite wisdom, decided to make a mixtape with a sequel a year later. And the thing is, I'll be honest with you, those mixtapes, they weren't bad. I mean, it, they were like generic ass. It, it's, it was... It was shit is, and it reminds me of how, like, in the current era, you've got a lot of, like, corporations doing cross-branding of where, like, you had, had, like, the Wendy's mixtape, shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So it it wasn't horrible. I remember correctly, they had some people who were, like, halfway, like, you know, I think Stolly was there. Oh, word. Yeah. uh, One of my favorite rappers, have you heard of Snow the Product? Yeah. (laughs) Snow the Product. But, you know, it was middling. It was was inoffensive. Yeah. You know, and then both, and then so the first version was just all hip hop. Second version, I believe, had some metal bands like Kill Switch and Gage. Yeah. And then, you know, nothing. It's just, you know, and honestly, it reminded me a lot of the adult swim, except for half the talent and half the foresight. Yeah. Where it's just like, all right, corporation said, hey, you know, you make the music. Yeah. You make the MP3s. Here's 10 Gs. Do this music MP3 so we could package it and, I don't know, justify our jobs. And yeah. that's what happened. Yeah. So that kind of made more sense just because it was a popular show, but it wasn't a cultural phenomenon that it grew up and eventually grew up to be like now a good five years later. Like it was a slow burn. Yeah. Um, it's kind of baffling though in 2019 for them to think that, hey, you know, we really need to promote this Game of Thrones show. <laughs> Nobody knows about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like such a weird thing because I didn't even know about 
this just like mix a soundtrack until like you you like uh, pointed out to me, and I was just like, really, like really, like like this show needs no promotion, and also too like it's not like it's a show that needs a soundtrack. It's not happening in fucking like Brooklyn in the nineties. Yeah, you know, like it doesn't need a fire soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> and, and you know like it's it's kind of weird too because like basically they looked at the say the black panther soundtrack and they're like oh let's get some people together so they had like scissor in the weekend or back uh it's it's way less hip, hip-hop this time around so you have like illy golding florence and the machine like the national uh but then you have like little peep you know, you have like Mumford and you know, like Mumford and Sons, but you have Lil Peep and you have like uh, who am I looking for? The, what's the other hip hop track on here? Oh, A$AP oh, Rocky. Rocky, yeah, which, which actually, that, which kind of knocks, kind of knocks, and they, knocks, and they actually use references from the show which had Valerian Steele in a hip hop song, which is <laughs> so all right. So, Game of Thrones, the, you know, the one thing I love about Game of Thrones, like after watching this and discussing it with everybody in the mama for the past, like, you know, like three days watching the, the, the last episode, it's like the last thing that cuts across like every demographic. Agreed. That everybody watches. Agreed. It's, it's, it's weird because you'll see it because it's like, you know, when it's a season ending of like, you know, power, you've got this group in the corner of the water cooler. Exactly. You know, when it's like fucking, you know, it's it's like fucking you know house of cards. It's like this group in this corner. It's it's it, or you know handmaid's tale. Yeah. It's like this yeah. group in the corner. Exactly. It's it, but it's it's one of the few shows like I said it cuts across. Like everybody's watching fucking Game of Thrones. Yeah, and, and you know for that it's really you know that's really cool to see. Um, and I'm like, all right, cool. Like, yes, this is a touch of like it's a cultural milestone. But uh, yeah, unless it's like. Leon Marmont and Arya Stark. <laughs> I don't need any Game of Thrones mixtapes. <laughs> now, number one, those two can drop the highest mixtape of 2019 because they got the bodies. They got the bodies. They got the bodies. They you got know the what bodies. They were out there. <laughs> Just bars about I'm like stabbing night. <laughs> Giants and fucking <laughs> and demons and the fucking you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Leanne Mormont can drop like the highest mixtape. Yo, and she's got a good hip hop. She's got that little stern she, ass she, like oh, fucking. She got the look. Oh, it'd be out there like this like fucking <laughs> talking to me, son. Just come out there, slap, slap a dude in the video. <laughs> I'm here for it, but I'm not here for this. It's just like generic. It's literally like they took the dude who A and R like a soundtrack in 2000s and like put that that person on his project, and like just like they came up with a bunch of generic ass shit. Yeah, and, and and even generic is doing it justice. The thing is, it's boring. Like if it was really bad, if it was like weekend doing scat. If it was like fucking, you know, the, the national doing death metal, if it did something a little different, at least it'd be entertaining in a bad kind of way. The thing is, it's pure mid. It's just everybody doing what they normally do, but worse. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, it's just like you know, they looked at Black Panther and they're like, oh, that's like SZA and The Weeknd had like soundtrack music, and that was kind of cool. Let's put them together. You know, it's just like these weird kind of. You know, and it's, and, and it's random. It's like, and it's weird because it's like you've got, you know, they drop 
they drop, I guess, references to the song. I mean, definitely some, 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 some go in harder. Some go in letters. harder. You know, shouts to ASAP Rocky and Joey Badass. So it was Valerian still shout out. You know what? They did the research. They did, <laughs> they did the research with that. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine him at home, just in like fucking a onesie, <laughs> with a me notebook paper, writing all the. All right, cool. Who is this? Who is this? All right, what's the name of the dragon? Just writing the fucking this bars to it. But you know, the thing is, and I'm gonna say there was any potential for this project, but it would have been nice if they at least, you know, you they if, if props to long story short, props to them because at least they were like, all right. You're going to hire us to do a fucking a rap about a show. We're going to rap about the show yeah. and put references in it. Yeah. And that, ironically enough, felt like felt like much more effort than like the Scissor song. Yeah. Like that. Like everybody phoned that in. Like the only song I kind of found vaguely sound interesting for me was the Rosalia song. And I think that's because it's half and it's, I could understand what was happening. I, you know, I thought that was the corniest song. <laughs> that was like such a, that was a playlist play right there. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I'm like, come on, son. Because nobody's she, like doing like. Because <laughs> that's why I liked it. Because she's doing her little Rosalia, like you know, I, I am I am the Spanish Bjork yeah. over minimalist trap beats, and then you have a dude like a reggaeton who comes in there and it starts like fucking whatever she's singing about. I could just tell as 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 a student of R&B hip hop crossovers, whatever she's singing about, I know absolutely he's not rapping about. <laughs> Did they have reggaeton at Winterfell? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, ma. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Word. Word. Let me eat that dragon pussy. I was like, what? What are we? Are like, you guys even the same song? Like, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's, I mean, yeah, that that was probably the corniest for me. The Florence and Machine song was like, like, that was like, it worked just because, like, it kind of feels like a song that, be, that can kind of come from the show. You know, and I'd rather they take that approach where it's just like, just make it more authentic. And they have. I remember, I think... I forget which, but one of the big episodes, the national, the nationals OGs, the nationals did. I forget, I forget one of the big episodes where there was a tragic. I think it might have been nothing funny. The Red Riding, mm. but I, I, but I can't remember what episode. But long story short, they did like uh like when it's you know the lights hit, it's all the fucking credits, and they did a song right. and kind of like the old timey exactly, and that's kind of what you expect more of. Um, and it was funny is ironically enough though, this weekend's episode was fire on the soundtrack. Where the, song, oh, the same yeah, guy who dude. did, yeah, the, 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 the guy who does the soundtrack for Westworld, where they do a lot of like, you know, indie rock, alternative rock covers, he did the theme for The Night King. So that whole crazy scene where, you know, you know, I don't want to ruin it for people too much, even though we probably spoiled enough, but there was a whole little 10 minute segment in the end where you think the world's doomed and this is kind of dark and droney and this fucking, there's basically, you know, on that Hans Zimmerman shouts. Yeah. Yeah. Shouts to Hans. So the cat is named Raman Dijawadi. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think, but he's not African. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. Like, like he killed it. Yeah, he killed it. Killed it. And so it's weird where you do have a respect for music and and traditionally the show has. Like you had, you had Ed Sheeran doing weird fucking <laughs> yield timey tavern bardism but they couldn't afford him for the soundtrack though <laughs> exactly <laughs> like he wants what nope <laughs> but you know it's a missed opportunity and i i think what's kind of sad and i going back to the old mixtapes is i felt like they kind of tackled it i won't say it better but they were like all right this is a foolish project yeah so we'll just do stupid shit with it yeah and i think that was a little bit more of a of a success than this was just because it's it's just it's way too buttoned up 
and serious. Like you have the Travis Scott doing the Travis Scott woes. Like this is something where literally I want to see the weekend flying a dragon, flying a dragon music video. <laughs> I want to see. It's such a preposterous idea. The best way to do it is to lean into the campiness of it. I mean, we need features singing Slob on my knob. Oh, again. oh come on, that would be. <laughs> That will be worth Grammy it. nominated. Grammy nominated. <laughs> Slap on my knob. <laughs> and that, yeah. And then, like, and the thing is, it's it's, it's worth a cursory listen, if if particularly just for the fuck of it. But it's definitely a missed opportunity. We did discuss though. We did like the little peep song. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, like like it's cool not song. all. It's not all. It's not all losses. It's just like as a project, it's boring as shit. It's like you know. I mean, I, look. They they had a nice Rolodex. Had like Chloe and Halle on there. Who get like, that check? You know had one of the most boring Chloe and Halle songs. I thought. Right. I think all the Chloe and Halle songs are boring. Ooh, chop. It's fired. Shots fired. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, yeah, it's just, I mean, movie soundtracks are so lame anyway, and it's just, it, it just became a soundtrack. So, uh, yeah, y- y'all, Game of Thrones is so, it's cool. Like, you don't have to do shit right now. Yeah, no, you don't. Just give and, us the damn show. And I'm, I'm watching it, and it's, it's, the rappers are all tweeting about the fucking thing, doing yeah, the oh shits. It's T- like, T-Pain has the best Game of Thrones recaps <laughs> of all time. Like you have, you have the cultural cachet. Don't ruin it. Yeah, no, this, this, this. Don't, don't be uncool, Game of Thrones. You, do, you have like, yeah, you have rappers. You have all these people doing your job for you. Yeah, all no. your marketing is done by Twitter. Like, yeah. like, just, just don't, 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 don't. No more, no more songs, please. No, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, what else? Oh, and the, the, I guess we'll talk about the big, the big release this week was uh, Schoolboy Q. Schoolboy Q, who personally, I'll even admit it, is probably one of my favorite rappers out. I feel that Schoolboy Q, A, obviously he comes out of the TDE camp, which is basically, you know, doing fantastic work, going back to SZA. Yeah. Going back to this rapper called Kendrick Lamar, who I hear great things about. And um, I feel like out the gates, he's probably one of the most fully formed rappers out of that camp, where all he's done over the past couple of albums is kind of just expanded more and more into that persona. Kendrick, I feel like it took a second for him to kind of find out where his lane was. Yeah. And he wrote it out where Schoolboy kind of just came out like on some like, I'm a gangbanger. And that's been it. But the way he's tackled it is, as opposed to kind of being celebratory, it almost reminds me of, uh, because I would love to hear his favorite albums, because I guarantee you it would have to be something like Cuban Links. It would have to be like Nomadic. Because even though, and the thing is, he's got some songs, like like, uh, Drunk of Hoes Again Part 2. There's a couple of albums ago, I forget which album. It's probably the most misogynistic song I've heard since Explosive. <laughs> like, Corrupt would be fucking just mwah, mwah. The way they say the word bitch is a beautiful thing. It's, a, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's this melodic, misogynistic poetry. <laughs> but the thing is, within these, like, generic ass, like, you know, like, rapper fucking stereotypes, you know, it, it was, it played against just a lot of harsh realities. It played against him being a father trying to raise a daughter while he's dealing with opioid addiction. It's, 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 is dealing with like you know dudes coming out of jail and being forced to gangbang because they have no other opportunities. Yeah, it's something where he was able to kind of put you know just a word to what it's like growing up in the street and not glorifying it, not necessarily making it a sad story, but it's kind of saying like, hey, this is how it is. It's not just you know everything is infinitely more complex than you actually think it is. And so he's kind of worked these angles and kind of hammered it down over these last couple of albums to to just a fine point. Enough where my, my one of my favorite rap albums in recent memory was Blank Face. Yeah. Which um I think we just discussed on a podcast, which probably has one of the 
one of the last times I've ever heard a song gets like ever fucking censored. Yeah. Where basically he had this one track that was the Blank Face, Blank Face remix that had, originally it was Kanye West, but suddenly it was Black Hippie, so it's Kendrick, it's Absol, it's all these rappers all together in the same song. Yeah. And it disappeared after one fucking week <laughs> because out of nowhere, Schoolboy Q spazzes out in the last verse talking about y'all, y'all are pussies because y'all aren't killing cops in the hood. <laughs> so magically, I don't know why, the record label yeah. probably destroyed that, that every and all copies of that song. But anyway, the bigger picture is the fact of where he's somebody where he's definitely honed a persona that's equal to a lot of the great shoe rappers that we've known from your Nas to your Wu-Tangs to like even your 8-Ball LMGs to just, just great street rap. And apparently he's sick of it. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, so he had, a, he had a Vulture interview where basically he's just like, look, you know, people love the Blank Face album, but I'm kind of sick of making this kind of music. You know, I'm only 32. You know, I'm not 40. And, you know, people kind of hate on my big singles, like fucking Collard Greens, but these things all go platinum. And, you know, I'm sick of all this sad music. And, you know, I know it's sad out there, but I want to make happy shit. And he not necessarily produced, proceeded to make happy shit, it's definitely a mix of uh, like the, the old darkness is still there, particularly on the last song and some other tracks. Probably the last song is probably the strongest example, but if, even the, big, the first song is kind of dark too. Yeah. But um, but he definitely kind of leans in more on like the collard greens and man of the year and some of some of his more glossier cross, crossover productions, and it's not bad. The the thing is, what's cool about a project like this is the fact of where he kind of tells you, he's like, look. I'm sick of making that sad music. I've kind of given you these 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 dark rap opuses. You know, I'm really cool with Alchemist. You know, I, I could do, I could give you another dark yeah. album, but I want to have fun with it. So I'm gonna do songs with fucking my favorites. You know, not black, but slack. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna do songs with like Kid Cudi, even though that was another song that kind of had a little edge to it, honestly. And I'm gonna make this, these these songs where I'm not gonna start doing fucking obviously crossover trap with fucking Katy Perry, but I'm gonna definitely make rap music of a lot of fair yeah. while I'm kind of doing both worlds and the thing is I, you're dealing with two things in my opinion one is clearly not as good as other albums but at the same time it's not a bad album it's, I, I kind of respect the idea of where why can't he as an artist say hey I want to make a fucking a regular ass rap album without all these weighty subjects without talking about you know my opioid addiction yeah. and how I don't want my daughter to go up without a father and you know my cousin getting shot is like he just wants to you know obviously he can't escape that because that's where it's from but he just wants to put on some regular ass raps let him let him rap yeah no yeah. definitely so uh I mean it's actually kind of interesting I think he like 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 plays golf in Calabasas now oh nice you know I mean when you're doing that how can you make dark dark rap it's hard it's hard when, it's when, hard. You, when, you, when you and Drake are giving each other pounds <laughs> on the eighth hole <laughs> It's hard, you know. Um, yeah, no, I, I this album. So oxymoron, oxymoron is probably my favorite schoolboy album. Um, I like it better than Black, like than Blank Face. Blank Face is way too dark for me. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's jazz dark. It's all like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I appreciate it though, just because I feel like hip hop at that time was kind of getting in this weird kind of like uh, I wouldn't you know like sing songy you know kind of more pop era, and I think like like schoolboy uh, you know brought it back to kind of the greediness, the greediness and the grime of hip hop, and kind of like almost like that NWA like you don't want your parents listening to yes <laughs> hip hop. <laughs> So I appreciate put, put that. Put a nice future fellow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a little scary. <laughs> um, but you know, I think this is actually uh, pretty interesting. Uh, Crash Talk is interesting just because it's kind of a like I 
I there's some 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 tracks that really are just like I would say classic schoolboy like like Num Num Juice, Gang Gang that are just kind of like I mean the AOAs go hard. It makes me like want to buy a car tomorrow and just like <laughs> cruise down Slauson, you know? Like, but then there's like you know the the song with uh, Ty Dolla Sign. Like lies, which is just basically like a Ty Dolla Sign song. <laughs> you know, it's a Kid Cudi song, which I think is a great Kid Cudi song. It's a great, it's it's, it's a great Kid Kid Cudi song. Arguably, I think better than anything on Kissy Ghost. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. But is it a great Schoolboy song? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things I found out. When I was listening to this album, is that I liked everything was just Schoolboy. Anything, anytime there was a collaborator, a collaboration, it was just like, nah, son. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think I appreciate the fact that he, you know, uh, is trying, you know, he wants to make something that's light and poppy. Um, you know, I guess like Anson Pac wanted to do something along those lines with Oxnard. So I guess it's like, you know, Schoolboy's Oxnard in a lot of ways. Um, I'm not mad at it. Um, I just think that it's, it's not like I'm willing to pick the like the five or six songs that knock, and then you know everything else is not going to get spin. No, agreed, agreed. And I had an epiphany by the way, going back to our previous conversation on Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So uh, the only reoccurring guest from the mixtape era Game of Thrones to that current soundtrack is the aforementioned Ty Dolla Sign, who's also on his Schoolboy Q's album. So the crazy thing is, what binds us all together? What's who is the the, the center of the universe? Ty Dolla Sign. Oh, Ty! Ty yeah. begin checked. That's, absolutely, he's like, what you doing? Zoomly zoo? You want me to drop a fucking bar for fucking cars for kids? I got gotcha. you. Just write me that check. <laughs> but uh, no, I, and I and the thing is, it's weird. I, I, I get it as an as a as a fan. As a fan, I, there's certain things that go to certain artists for. Period. Full stop. So schoolboy, I come to him for dark produced raps about LA underground, you know, like this, not even gang life per se, but it's dark city tales, period. And I kind of get the idea of just being in that world because you're so creating where it's like, shit, you know, like I'm somebody where I've got friends still getting locked up, you know, I've, and he's given on us a lot. He talked about his addiction. He talked about his daughter and how, you know, he's, he's really bled for his art over now many years. Like, it's not like he's a new dude in the block. Yeah. So for him to take a victory lap at, at a young age of basically 32, fuck it. Let him do it. That's why I can't really be mad. Now, personally, as a fan, yeah, I get it. Like, if I wanted to hear a lighter fare, I could always go to, like, fucking... I could always go to Ty Dolla Sign. <laughs> I could always go to Travis Scott. You know, there's other artists I can go to. So I could kind of get from my end how I felt disappointed. But like I said, the weird thing is it's not a bad album. That's, a, that's, that's why it's weird. It's, it's dealing with the expectation and the reality yeah. situation where if this was, a, if, if I didn't know who Schoolboy Q was and this album dropped, I'd be like, it's a good album. I, we, would, we would be talking about it like, oh shit, I heard this new rapper called Schoolboy Q and oh, that shit's tough too. We had a whole conversation about it. It's the idea of where, because he kind of shifted away from his strengths, like as a fan, I feel a certain way, but I wonder because it's like, it's still a good album. Yeah. It's not as good as the old stuff, but it's still not bad. Yeah. That Travis Scott song was oof, oof, not yeah. great. But you know what? And I'd make an argument in the context of the album. It's, and this is a weird thing, even though it's probably, it, he probably would even say it's a real album. It's just, it's just songs he put together. Yeah. I, I felt like it flowed well. I mean, it's I just, mean, yeah, it was, it, it was, but it flowed well in the mediocre section of that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was fine. I, I just, I, you know, I'm not, if I was a rapper, I would probably not want to get a Travis Scott feature. 
because no. his features are so are poor. You know, like I, you know, I'll get Travis Scott to produce. Oh yeah, absolutely produce. But I don't need you on on the mic. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, give me give me your beats. You know, I'll show up for your album. Pay me like fucking fifty G's. I'll do it the opposite way. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, because he just comes. Yeah, uh, yeah. I will. I will sound high pitch. <laughs> oh, too. And a little high glossy it's fucking. It's like, and then fucking a high, you know, a glossy fucking trap production, and that's it. That's that's he he. It's I, I don't even really get. Although I will say this much: there is one good Travis Scott collaboration. What's that? Uh oh. Ready for this? Okay. Rihanna, Rihanna's album. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah, that, that was perfect. Yeah, that that was that, and then even then, but the reason why I paused, I was like, but then you wonder how much is that Travis or Travis or how much is that Rihanna? Like, did Travis come out there doing the who who who? And she's like, nah, take that shit off. But that came out right after that came out right after Rodeo, right? Oh yeah, when he was at the height yeah, of his powers. Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. Because yeah, yeah. Travis was kind of killing it around that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of weird. It's it's. And then I feel like you got into the, the, the hate on Travis Hour suddenly. But it's weird <laughs> that, like, creatively, like, his album is probably the best work he's done overall. But as a rapper and an artist, it's probably his, the lowest of his career. Where, like, you know, compared to, like, Days of the Rodeo, Rodeo itself. Yeah. What was the album that came out right afterwards? Not, uh, not, Girls in the, not, not Birds in the Trap. I feel I, like it was another one. I thought, I thought Birds in the Trap it was the next one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I but, uh, so. yeah, but either way, he had definitely had a creative. His creative high was a couple of years ago, so it's weird to have him hit like uh, this weird like omnipresence across the scene. Yeah, when he's not really doing anything interesting as he was, you know, five years ago. Yeah, no, I feel yeah. you. Uh, yeah, so uh, I mean, like I said, like the the schoolboy knocks. Uh, take your five or six tracks, put in a playlist, put in your car. Drive down Slauson. Yeah, it's dope. And it's like I said, it's still gonna be a top twenty album. I, like I said, it's 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 still a good album. It's 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 different. That's all. And we don't like different. Damn it. Yeah. There's too there's too many things happening in the world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you no know, presidents lying to us. You know what I'm saying? Climate change. Too much uncertainty. <laughs> and I was looking forward <laughs> to a schoolboy Q I knew. Mm. And even he's changed on me now. Dude, the world's you, done. I mean, when you when you, once you golf in Calabasas, it's, it's that's it. That's it. you out there. <laughs> <laughs> What are you buying Tiger Woods fucking cleats? It's Bro, all right. when we when we get that podcast sponsorship and Ooh. we start golfing in Calabasas, you're not going to be talking oh, about no, the end I'm, of the oh, world. Dude, I'm, no, no, no rap music. I'd be like, <laughs> do you guys listen to the new Imagine Dragons? It's fantastic. <laughs> that new Diplo country record, fantastic. Oh, man, with a, with a rosé and pickies <laughs> oh, out. It's going to be great, great, great. I want to fucking call the cops on anybody black I see. <laughs> oh, wait till I sell the fuck out. It's going to be a rap. <laughs> oh man uh, speaking uh, of alright so on a new record that actually impressed us both yeah in its simplicity but yet complexity yeah there's a certain rapper out there I believe the name is Rico Nasty that's right yes that's right uh, so she dropped a new EP uh, I guess like was it this week or last week? Or? Um, I believe Thursday. I think it's okay. not that last Thursday. Cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So like, so anger management, which is like, it's you know, what like, uh, let's see, how many tracks is it? Like, Spotify on their mobile app doesn't tell you like track numbers. Ah, uh, they hide that. But it's like a handful of tracks. Nine it's songs at nineteen nine, minutes. Nine songs, nineteen minutes. Like really quick listen. <laughs> 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 but it's really cool. Like I, you know. Rico Nasty's been like on the radar for a long time. Like she's, you know, she's had some some tracks like Smack a Bitch, which I really love. Like she, I think she's like, you put that. me onto her actually. 
Oh, word. Yeah, I remember way back you went okay. to a girl. There's a girl that we couldn't ask She's on punk rock. Oh, She's there doing a little word. screaming thing. She's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's like, she, it's like this really cool bridge from like punk rock to hip hop. And in a way that's like not like pandering and, and not like it, it seems authentic. You know, it's not like she's trying to play like the rap over like, you know, like chopped up guitar riffs or some <laughs> shit like that. You know, like the A8s go just rap go metal. hard. And like and she's able to like kinda of create that vibe. And I was like, I was, you know, we were talking about like uh, South by Southwest and like I was looking at like a lot of Rico shows because she played like fifteen of them. <laughs> and like it was just like straight mosh pits. You know, like straight kind of punk rock mosh pits, you know, with all these like, you know, these college kids. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I like that. I think she kind of doubles down on that vibe um, with this, uh, I guess it's an EP project um, for like first few songs are just like literally like cold and cheat codes, like cheat codes. And like they're all just kind of like these pseudo rock songs that that just go hard, just go real hard. Like especially if you're at work and you're stressed out, <laughs> plotting against your boss. You know, yeah, like <laughs> I gotta grab this model right now, smack <laughs> you in the head. <laughs> you just want to punch somebody, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, like she she brings like that atmosphere. Uh, and again, like the fact that it's nine tracks in twenty minutes is almost like that's almost like punk rock in itself. Oh yeah, definitely. It's it's there's a whole punk rock and it's, and plus kids too. So that's even crazier. But no, it it, it kind of burns through, and it's not always angry. She switches gears. My favorite switch gear is probably um, hating, which is a uh, brush your shoulders off that yeah. Daisy cover. Yeah, fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. a whole little flip, and it's all about niggas hating on bitches, and it's like, oh, it's 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 what's cool about Rico Nasty is the fact of where um, going back to what's good about punk rock is it kind of takes the idea of being, and I won't say marginalized because obviously you all know the original punk rockers are all these, you know you know, white males, you know, yeah. well, f- for the most part, you know, shouts to death, shouts to other seminal early punk pioneers. But uh, there's the idea of this enfranchisement of where, you know, the capitalist system, the system's going this way and we don't want to go that way. So it's cool to kind of have Rico use that and kind of trap it through a hip hop, but black woman lens out of it. Yeah. And yeah. the thing is what's cool about Rico Nasty is the fact of where in general, not going to say America's racist, but America's fucking racist. So it's hard to have a space for black women to kind of have that rage. Yeah. And particularly if the way kind of, you know, things kind of end up where hip hop is still a very misogynistic space. Even within hip hop, there's kind of rules you kind of have to follow. You know, like going back to um, Megan Thee Stallion, she had an interview, I think a week or two, with like, like uh, Walter. And then she was saying how, you know, you know, I'm one of the best rappers ever. But she was like, and, but her point was kind of sad, but true. The fact of where I got to rap. Yeah. I gotta look like this. Yeah. I gotta do this. I gotta go out there and dance and take my, like I got I can't just go out there and spit my bars. Yeah. I have to do XYZ on top of that. And what's cool about Rico Nasty is that she kind of subverts that and not necessarily in a, a way where it's, you know, like, oh, you know, it's it's highbrow and it's all fucking, you know, you know, these long speeches and pro spoken word. No, it's just fucking give me an angry beat. Let me call out these motherfuckers out, and let me let's fucking rage for X amount and it's fucking spit. Yeah, and then um, and then she's just great at it. It's something where it taps to energy, which I think that people in general kind of feel, but it's cool kind of see a, a black woman in that space too. Yeah, it. you know, because yeah. again, you know, like I'm a huge JPEG Mafia fan. You know, I, I'm a huge, you know, a lot of the little more 
Engie, almost industrial, like, you know, like your Death Grips, your yep. JPEG Mafia, for your old school cats, probably maybe Dalek, you know, even for you guys, remember, you know, your Run the Jewels, or even uh, LPs, Onyx. Onyx, you know, this MOP, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And there's a lot of n- new up-and-coming New York drill cats that are kind of doing that same shouty rap. So there's always been a space for angry, for, for black male rage within hip-hop. Yeah. I feel that even with, like, the little Kim era... And even with when you would have all these, you know, there's a flare up of, let's say, Nicki Minaj, there's never really a space for black female rage. True. Like, it had to be channeled. Like, like you know, Lil' Kim could come out there and be angry as fuck, but it had to be based on sex. So yeah. it's a big in the stallion. You know what I'm saying? Nicki Minaj could come out there and be angry as fuck, but it's more like, you know, because I am the head bitch and I am the queen. There's never a space of where it's just like, yo, I'm going to punch you in the fucking face. Yeah. And it's kind of awesome to have, you know. That's her career now, and it's something where, like, I love the fact of where she's making these songs. I love the fact that she's touring these songs, and like, and like you pointed out, I love the fact that the audience is getting into these songs in the way it should be. Yeah, there should be a space. There should be a space of where, because I still, you know, I'm still an old punk. I still go to punk shows, and I still go to punk shows where inevitably, once in the blue moon, somebody on stage has to call out people in the crowd for fucking with the woman. You know what I'm saying? Kind of. Yeah. Also, I'm like, oh, yo, I gotta be, you know. Stop being assholes, and it's kind of fucked up. And what I like about Rico Nasty is a space where, like, and I haven't been to a show, and I plan to go to a show. Like, I think the best Rico Nasty show is for me to show up there and accidentally get punched in the face by a woman. Like, I would love that <laughs> <laughs> because it's the idea of where, and Lord knows, I've been to enough punk shows where I've gotten my glasses knocked out, lost cameras, had to pull people off fights, and not to say it's necessarily healthy. But I'd make an argument it is useful to give people a safe space to let yeah. off some aggression. Of course. And I love the fact that Rico Nasty is doing that in a space that is very women-friendly. Yeah. And I feel like that's always kind of been a thing where, you know, the idea of having a black woman being able to channel to this rage and do this rage on stage and being accepted is pretty revolutionary. And so props to her, man. Like, I'm happy that it's going the way it is. I'm hoping she blows up more, but not too much because you really can't mosh that Coachella. <laughs> it's hard to do when you're all high in the fucking grass, but it's cool to kind of see a woman in that angry, shouty rap space. You know, it's it's a rarity. Even among female MCs, you know, yeah. there's a certain kind of guarded image you got to put out where, and I'm not going to say it's not necessarily an image, but Rico that shows up there, dressed all in black, screaming in a mic. And motherfuckers is moshing around, and it's a fucking beautiful thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, definitely, definitely. And uh, she'll be Afropunk. Oh, maybe, shit. Which is like oh, a natural venue. I'm going to have to go out there, you know, start doing that yoga poses. <laughs> start weight training. You know what I'm saying? Start getting my taekwondo on, you know? Get ready get, get ready for that mosh pit. And like I said, inevitably get drop kicked in the face by a 12-year-old. I haven't and done getting that. pulled off and having to go to the hospital because I'm concussed. I haven't done that shit since, like, college, man. Oh, no, I still go. Oh, the, one I have, the only time I've ever got injured, ironically enough, was at fucking Afropunk in, in decades of moshing. And want to know why? Why? Because I was on a date at the time, mm. and I was trying to impress a date. Mm. So I left said date on the corner to go mosh my old ass in the middle of the mosh pit. And I had a backpack on me, and the backpack kind of pulled up my finger and broke my finger. Oh, damn. So my mosh pit injury was me breaking my little finger (laughs) 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 while holding my little bag. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I I couldn't tell my little punk friends what happened. They were laughing at me. (laughs) Yeah, no. Like I said, it's it's a great little album. And I'm kind of, and I think that going back to the idea where, you know, even though I kind of harped on, schoolboy Q for it for being a little different it's kind of cool to have something stripped down 
fun. Just it's it's fun aggression, and it's it's I love the fact that this music exists. So you know, definitely give it a listen. Get definitely give her a whirl. And if she's in your, in your town, you know, get those spike bracelets, them Doc Martens, them Tims, <laughs> and punch a motherfucker in the face in the pits. That's right. <laughs> and on that note, on that note, people, we'll be out there going out to punch people in the, in our own pits. Uh, I could work this angle, but I can't. I, so, you know, I could have done it. It's I could have. It was something. <laughs> I, could, I was gonna say if, if it was football season, I could have made a reference. Oh man, we're too old for I this know, shit. Just, I can't now. You it's, know, really, I, I'm I, just gonna go home and watch Netflix and not even watch a cool action movie. Probably watch like some foreign film. I watch drama and shit. You know. I'm watching the behind the scenes featurette from Game of Thrones. Oh, you see, that's a, that's, that's a good one though. That's that's that's, that's a new hustle right now. That, after you watch the episode, because again, I'm too old and that was way too dark for my eyes. So I have to oh, go dude, out there. Like, like I, I mean, I need to turn up my brightness to like 110. Oh. <laughs> And the thing is, you know, I, I think they're on some like, well, it was a compression and it was the way it was filmed. No, I just think we're just so old. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 you're going to have to start wearing the bifocal soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So on that note, thanks for, for listening. Um, thanks for sharing. Um, got, you know, got some some cool feedback this week. Thanks for giving out the feedback. Uh, yeah. You know, tell, tell a friend. And as always, people. Peace. Peace. Later.